We've got two race meets here in New Zealand to get through, though, and they're nice enough race meets, actually, Tauranga and Trentham. So we will give you all of the mail, all of the information. We'll start with Louise Dean, Jamie Phillips in just a second, around the grounds to get the lay of the land, find out how the tracks are playing, how the weather has been, how the fields have held up. Craig Baker is our top weight interview uh, at about quarter past, 20 past eight, because there's a, a big race today at Pukekohe on Tuesday for Melbourne Cup Day, Balmerino Stakes, and we'll talk to Craig about what's going on there. Sammy Williams, well, uh, some sad news for Little Avondale during the week with Tokyo. We'll, we'll talk to Sammy about that. Um, Sam Spratt, another Sammy, joins us in the fast lane. Robbie Patterson, Stephen Marsh, they will have plenty of chances today. Mailman Mick will be here, as I said, Alan Sharrick, and King Kelso at about 9.30 um, to talk legato. And the Golden Eagle worth... $10 million. It's Australia's second richest race, and I think 10% of it goes to charity, which is interesting. We had the Palava last year with Starship Hospital and the, the breakdown of communication when I wish I win, won it. It's a good horses race, and this field has come up so, so strong. I'll be very, very curious to get your opinion on all of it here on SENZ. Send me a text at double eight double three. Give us a call, 0800-150-811. Does Legato win the Golden Eagle today? Let's start there. Yes or no? Text me, legato, yes, legato, no, uh, if you think she can win. As I welcome in, of course, the mailman, Michael Guerin. Hello, Mick. Morning to you, brother. I hope everybody around the country is well. Good morning to you too, whatever you're doing. A um, couple of heavy tracks coming up in New Zealand. It's ironic today, talking about across the Tasman, for probably my whole punting life, which started maybe younger than it should have, today was Derby Day out of Flemington. I think for a lot of New Zealanders, today is not as much Derby Day as Golden Eagle Day. Mm. Because we don't really have a great deal of interest in the Derby meeting as Kiwis. Of course, it's a great meeting. Um, ladies Man is there. Um, Zambezi Khan is there in the wakeful. But Ladies Man, of course, now as close to being certain to be in the Melbourne Cup as you could possibly be because Valiant King was scratched as it was always going to be. It was a bizarre story this week, the Valiant King story, because it was always going to be scratched and it was pulled out last night. So it's out. So ladies' man is 24th uh, into the Melbourne Cup. Now, if it gets beaten today... Uh, and the horse who wins leapfrogs it because there's seven horses in the Archer, race two, at Flemington. If the winner leapfrogs it and gets into the cup, technically it could miss out. But there's only seven in the race. Only four of them are cup eligible. And two of them, uh, as is not going to go to the Melbourne Cup. And one of them's ladies' man. So mm. the, the chances of it not being in the cup on Tuesday are extremely low. So I think, it, I think it'll be there. But yeah, I think for most New Zealanders, Louie, people are more interested in Legato. It's the richest ever race a New Zealand trained horses started in. So no New Zealand trained horses ever what? started a race this rich. So um, in, in the long history of New Zealand racing, well, obviously there hasn't been these types of races around for that long. But yes, no New Zealand trained horse has ever started in a $10 million race. And this one can win it. So I would love to see that happen early this evening at Rose Hill, but it would be as tricky a horse race as yep. I have ever seen yep. in all my time in racing. And all the time I've been doing this, and I, I started professionally analysing horses when I was 18, 
this would be as tricky a horse race as I've ever seen because there is Sydney form, Melbourne form, Perth form, J- Japanese form and Ascot form all in the same place. Um, yes, it's more good luck than, <laughs> than anything else I have to say about that race because it's such a crazy, crazy, um, not only race, but just the stake to think it's worth more a race hyphen that didn't exist five years ago. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Worth, worth it's, more than the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's, it is quite crazy, Mick. And you, the, for the reasons you point out around those form lines, I totally agree. We'll talk to Ken about that about 9.30. Can Legato win? Does Legato win? Double eight, double three, yes or no? Hey, Mick, before we uh, go around the grounds, I was at Addington last night. SCNZ sponsored the, the Group 3 trot that Paul Nian, shock, Paul Nian uh, trained and drove the, the winner, hit him up. So that was awesome. We got to hand over the, the big bottle of uh, champers, etc. Greg O'Connor was there. Um, took Shannon along. We had Harry and, and James Judd and Jake from the office here. So we went across and had our Christchurch Christmas party. Can I just say, there was a fantastic atmosphere in the room they had us in. There was a lot of people, the food was good, the night was good, the racing was a bit wet, but we backed winners and we got to go up and watch Beach Ball win with Matt Cross. He, he led us into his box and that was awesome. And um, yeah, Beach Ball out of a, a mare, my, my grandparents bred. So that was, it was bloody cool. And it was just an awesome night at, at Addington and it's really got me excited for Cup Week, even though the New Zealand Cup has kind of fallen away to the strange old field, but maybe Beach Ball gets a start now. And it was just a nice night at the trot, so I thought you'd, you'd like to hear that. We had a lot of fun, and Shannon even backed a couple of winners. I'm glad you backed some winners. It's a very relaxing night at the trot. It's vastly different from a major gallops meeting because you don't need to get dressed up. So as long as you wear something respectable, jeans and a shirt, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's an easy way to settle into a night. So, look, Addington, usually the meeting before the cup meeting is a bit, you know, but yeah, it's a bit naff. But last night, I thought last night it was bloody strong, really strong because the gap to the cup was a lot bigger. Um, there's too much to go into here on the show, but if you yeah. get bored later on, hrnz.co.nz, I've gone race by race to review the entire meeting and say these are the questions it raised and these might be the answers. So if you're a harness racing person or, or in fact, you're getting excited about cup time, but yes, Greg will be in for Trot's Talk on Sunday and we'll have a lot of harness racing coverage of the cup carnival down there in Christchurch because it's a weird one, Hyphen. With Melbourne Cup so big this week, this time next week we're going to be talking about New Zealand Cup Week starting, but Imperatriz in a $3 million race at Flemington. And things happen so quickly this time of year that that's one of the reasons in the media. It's our job to keep people informed because some days you literally wake up and go, what day is it today? Oh, yeah, it's Oaks Day at Flemington. So we'll try and keep you up to speed with all of that. So you can read Mick in the New Zealand Herald, of course, he is the racing editor, has been for a squillion years, not that he's that old, he's pretty old, but uh, you can listen to us here at SCN. It, it feels like a squillion years. <laughs> when you say that like that, uh, you can listen to us here at SCNZ, of course, we're involved through Cup Week. Now, let's go around oh, by, the grounds. By, by the way, by the way, Hyphen, um, just had a text in from someone, Aegon was in the 2021 Golden Eagle, Mick, trained by Barry Baker, you might need to do your research, Morgan, thank you, Morgan, but the race wasn't worth $10 million, then it was worth 7.5, we do our research. Research and I checked with the trainer. So yeah, thanks for, oh, the, thanks for the tip, Morgan. But unfortunately, geez. bad way to start your Saturday. Morgan, you got to be good if you're going to take on the mail. <laughs> you got to be better than that. Uh, let's go around the grounds and start with Louise Dean. If I'm talking to Louise Dean at Tauranga, it's probably wet, is what I've realised. Louise, it, it can't I feel be that like, bad. 
I feel like a broken record every time I talk to you. I'm telling you that how much rain we've had, and once again, twenty millimeters yesterday, and the twenty four hour last twenty four hours, and seventy two in the last seven days. So. Um, yeah, racing on Saturday. It rains on Friday for us here in Tauranga at the moment. Hey, Louise. Uh, so Louise, we've got Louise. If you, yeah? if you have a drought at some stage in, over the summer, you can just ring Louie and it'll start raining. So there you go. So true. So we've got um, ten races today. Uh, we've had forty-six scratchings, but most of the fields are, are still okay. Um, I can sort of understand that after the rain. The first race starts at 11.55. We've got two open races today. Race five, the Flying Mullet Sports Bar 1400 has attracted some really nice horses. Two previous Group 2 winners here at Tauranga, Packing Rockstar and Brando. In fact, the field, a lot of success, um, a lot of the horses have had success here on this track before. Brando's a favourite and he's got a big syndicate of owners and a lot of them are based here at Mount Maunganui, so I'm sure that if he does the job, the chair will be extremely loud. Um, got spot in for Jim Pender, that's a local horse, and I think we probably can blame Jim for the rain because he would be, has been doing a rain dance yesterday. The horse does like the wetter tracks. And the sponsor for this race, the Flying Mullet, have ownership in Clever Ruds, and so does one of our other sponsors today, Ricky Walls from Bailey. So lots of support for this race. It's going to be a lot of noise, I think, whatever horse comes in. Uh, the other race, the other open race, Seeker, the Seeker 2100, race 8, quality field in this race too. It's going to be a good race. First flight for Tiako is unbeaten in this distance. And then we've got Sean Phelan's hit the road, Jack, which likes the heavier tracks. And another course specialist, Cork, who's won three times here in Tauranga and loves the wet as well. So that's going to be a great race as well. And it's our 150th celebration day. This season we're celebrating 150 years of racing in Tauranga and today is a day we've just really invited the community along to come along and celebrate with us. It's a more of a, a village fair type day. We've got market stores, we've got vintage cars, um, we've got lots of kids' entertainments and activities and we've got a uh, Bailey's Fashion Through the Ages Vintage um, Fashion Competition as well. So it's going to be a really cool day. All our lounges are full with sponsors and supporters. And the Super Liquor Punter of the Year is also happening. So some good betting as well. Yeah, it's busy. And the best news is if, you, if you're in the area and you want to get along to some uh, high-quality racing, it's free. So go and see Louise and Absolutely. the team there at Tauranga. Great to chat, Louise, and uh, I'm Man, glad it's fi- fine. That's up. a lot of stuff, Ivan. That's a busy old day at the race. Uh, it's a busy place, the oh. mountain. Cool. It's a very bit the bay. Oh, well, very have, a, have a great day. And everyone loves racing here. Yeah. Well, even better, yeah. Louise. Thanks for popping in. That's that was very informative. Uh, let's go down south. South. Wow. Wow, that's a good start to the show. (laughs) The the standard is deteriorating quick around here. Let's bring some... uh, Let me guess, Australia's called Wester? (laughs) Yeah, gee whiz. Uh, Jamie Phillips obviously manages the track, looks after the track down at Trentham with our racing today. And has it been wet around the capital, Jamie? Yeah, unfortunately it has. Yep, we've had 25 mil overnight, um, which has obviously made... Track, you know, go out to a heavy nine, um, but it's eased off now, and they're saying that it's going to clear and the sun's going to come out and get to about nineteen degrees. So hopefully that happens and we get a few people come along, um, a few races. J- uh, good morning, Jamie. Um, I know an H nine is less than ideal, and I know to a degree it doesn't matter too much once you get to that level. But as best you can tell us, is it going to be one of those uh, difficult? Trentham heavies, or is it going to be a spring heavy where it's not too bad? I'd say it'll be a spring heavy, not too bad. It, they're on a new strip. They're on the in the true position, which hasn't been used since Oaks Day, would you believe? 
Um, wow. So that'll that'll hold together for a while. Um, yeah, it won't be a slog, put it that way. Um, I'd imagine the last couple of races they might fan out, but it'll it should hold together for the first five or six. When you say you talk about about ground, by the way, because obviously you guys have the Captain Cook meeting, or sorry, my apologies, TAB Classic meeting, which is about a month away. So, do you put the rail out for today to protect some ground for that? Um, yeah, so it'll in the true today, and then come Monday, um, most of that grass will come off. Um, with a bit of a slight renovation, put new seed in the ground, fertiliser, and then they won't go back there until um, the classic on the on the ninth of December. So that's our plan. Um, yeah, cool. About a month to execute. Nice stuff. Uh, Fielding Cup, Gold Cup day, of course, at Trentham today. Jamie, thanks for your time, mate. And it sounds like Mick, they might be with that new strip on the heavy going. Maybe you want to be looking for something on the pace. Yeah, well, when you to talk, start. when you talk to those really elite jockeys, you ride Trentham a lot, like Lisa Rawlpress. They often say, you know, particularly on the wet days, the inside will be the place to go early. Things will mm-hmm. change during the day, but. Often early races at Trentham will be down the dog leg. So what you want to do is get as hard up against the aluminium as you can, um, particularly if they haven't raced there since since the Oaks meeting, you know, for, on that strip of grass. And then during the day it might change a little bit. So that's what they'd be looking to do. But most importantly, I did a bunch of form last night. Punters, just go looking for heavy track horses. So recent form will matter less than horses who have won on the heavy because there's a lot of scratchings today. Horses are coming out, and some of these returning horses won't want it heavy fresh up. So yeah, maybe a change of your tactics today. Start looking for the heavy form. In saying that, Tauranga at an eight will monitor to see how that uh, those track conditions unfold during the day. Okay, we've got a few texts back straight away. Uh, Legato, yes, I got a money running through Legato Prowess, ladies' man in the cup for a return of 78,000. God bless you, uh, Johnny. Um, well, Kevin's got Amelia's jewel to win. I can understand. It's a pretty even race. Can she win? Yes. Will she win? $8 is worth finding out. I love that attitude. Funny enough, Probably- I think Amelia's jewel is one of the pots of the year. I, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say that lightly or with any exaggeration or, whoa, listen to me taking it on. Literally... It was that bad last start at Caulfield. It got on the wrong leg. It's got a hell of a good rider on. But I said to talk to one of my pro mates last night, a professional punter, and he said, that's as bad a favourite as I've seen for a big race in five years. We both agreed on the same thing. It's a wonderful horse, and Simon Miller's a super bloke. And, yeah, Legato can't win. I hope it wins. But... Here it is, $3.80 is one of the mm. mystifying prices I've seen for a long time. Yeah. It's a wrong price, but I can understand why you might want to forgive it. Um, but it's the wrong price, I agree. I'm not, uh, not going to forgive Mc... it with my money. Look, forgive it in life. Don't forgive it with your money. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, we're going to go to a break, but this is a good question. What does Al mean for form at a trial? Thanks, Kevin. Matt, Do you know? Al, Al usually means lost rider, but in a trial I would suggest it. I haven't seen it very often in a trial, but no, Al would usually mean lost rider. Yeah, that can't quite be right, can it? Uh, Kevin, interesting question. Um, and somebody has said, Morgan, you idiot. Now, Morgan obviously tried to take Mick on with a fact early in the day. Now, that's a bit tough on Morgan, considering I just said Souther. 
So if Morgan's an idiot, what does that make Trust me? Trust me, if Morgan makes one mistake today, that'll be about 39 less than you and I will make. So <laughs> and it's very early in the morning, so let's all forgive each other and move on. And then there's Brayden who's filling in for Joe on the on the uh, buttons. So, I mean, mate, geez, mate, if there's no hope should, for us. You can't there's... see him. He literally looks like he's 12. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is like child labour. It's like when he's got someone to come from <laughs> primary school and just push them. How, how old are you, Morgan? Can you tell us? Hold on. Morgan. You're 20? Brayden. It's oh Brayden, mate. God. Get his name right. What? 16 minutes. Call him Morgan. <laughs> we're going to. Brayden, ready? We're going to go commercials. Three, two, one, we're off. Mate, just. Uh, McGurin invited me on. No, really, just about uh, talking about the um, Belmarino Stakes. That was uh, a nomination's close for that yesterday for Melbourne Cup Day, and we um, only got the six runners. So just uh, asking for some more late nominations, really, which closed at 9 o'clock. So, Craig, you just talk about this. It's 150 grand. This is Pukekohe on Tuesday for people who who don't realise there's a massive meeting on there as well on Melbourne Cup Day. So, Craig, it's 150k, wait for age. You've only got six in it yesterday, and it's a group three. I would have thought anybody who had a fit horse had a chance to have a shot at the stumps here and not only have a crack at some decent money, but have a chance at some black type. Yeah, that's right. It's not a bad six when you look at it. Like we've got some um, nice horses in there, like the Fibular Eight, um, Platinum Invader, um, etc. But um, yeah, like you say, there's certainly some options for Amir um, who um, might be able to snag a bit of um, black type, whether that's a black type win or black type place. So, Craig, um, yeah, we'll see what happens at nine o'clock. Craig, we used to um, we used to know that Ellerslie, when it raced on Cup Day, had, had a big sort of social thing. It was actually probably the biggest party in Auckland on Melbourne Cup Day. Does Pukekohe make a big deal of the fact that it's Melbourne Cup Day and try and get people there and the fascinators and the nice dresses and, and make it a bit of a hoopla? Oh, for sure, yeah. It won't be as big as what um, Ellerslie is, of course, but um, we've certainly got... Uh um, quite a bit of hospitality. I think most of it's booked out, but um, just jump on our website uh, to have a look. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it's um, a lot of the lunches and that are booked out, which is which is good for us. And uh, mm-hmm. even just getting that um, bit of rain yesterday too helps with the track. So looking at the weather forecast, it looks pretty good from now on right through to Tuesday. And of course, boys, the other piece of news yesterday, uh, the Westbury Classic, which is always a nice, really, really good race on uh, Karaka Million Night. It's gone from three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. Now that's not a yeah, insig- that's not an insignificant stake increase. And Mick, I saw you talking with Stephen Hunt on Twitter, making a very good point. Could that sort of stake increase lure some of these maybe mares out of that four-year-old race to come across for a, an easier um, target, especially if they don't want a, a gut buster over a, a mile? I mean, it's a really interesting uh, change to that night which Craig is turning into one of... I mean, I, I can't really remember being so excited this far out for a race night that I am this one coming in January 24. Yeah, it'd be pretty epic. Like, um, yeah, Stephen makes a good point about the potential for um, for horses, to four-year-old mares to come out and run in the Westbury Classic. But it'll depend a little bit on um, if you get Legato and Prowess running in the four-year-old race. Um, you know, it's, they're going to be, let's face it, it's going to be pretty hard to, to beat to beat them, so if they don't run in it, then it opens it right up, but um, it's probably, well, it is very dependent on, on whether one or both of those horses um, start in the um, in the million-dollar four-year-old race. Well, I think, Craig, also depends on, 
you know, how they come back from Melbourne and Sydney. If they come back a little bit later and they can't get a 12 or ideally a 14 under their belts, I'm not sure everybody wants to go to 1600 up against fit horses fresh up. So I think it's great there's options because I don't think the punters care too much if they're all in the same race. As long as they're there on the day, it'll feel great having them there. So I'm sure Legato and Prowess will be there, but they've got secondary options now. T- tell us about the other feature races. I believe the nominations close on Monday for races like the railway. Yeah, that's right. So we've got a host of races across um, our Christmas carnival that close on Monday at 4 o'clock, including the Sistema Railway and um, also the um, Queen Elizabeth II Cup and the Dunstan Stays Championship Final and the Stella Artois um, 1500 meter final. Historically, um, the New Zealand Derby and Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup norms will close as well, but we've pushed those out a month because we feel as though, especially for the New Zealand Derby, taking nominations in early November for a race in March was too early, so um, we've pushed those out a bit so trainers can be a bit more um, selective when it comes to nominating their three year olds in December. Okay, Craig, good to chat, mate, and we'll see if we can get some more uh, noms for that Balmerino Stakes before 9am, Craig Baker at ATR. Let's bounce straight down the line to Sam Williams at Little Avondale Stud. Sammy, morning to you. Um, funny old week for you guys, a bit of sad news around the farm. You had a Jimmy Starr, a really nice winner that you tipped us last Saturday, but probably, well, definitely, far more important to you. A bit of sad news that, you, obviously, you guys would have talked a lot about this week and... Um, I guess a, a legend of Little Avondale stud. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, it was a sad day on Wednesday. Um, you know, the old horse, Tauke, he was 29 years old. Um, actually, he'd, he's been here living on the farm longer than what Katrina and I have been married. So, you know, he, he has been a part of the family. And um, he, he actually, you know, what Little Avondale is today is owed to the deeds of, of, of Tauke, and he, you know, he kicked his career off at two and a half grand um, the hard way. Um, his biggest book was only 59 live foals, uh, 28 states horses, three group one winners. Yeah, like he was an amazing old horse, did it the hard way, but um, he, he was just a friend, you know, um, and he looked amazing, but unfortunately um, time just caught up with him, um, especially with his feet, and um you know, I, I certainly wasn't going to let the, the horse suffer, and um, he's now uh, buried just outside my um, office. Sam, I'm sure it's a very tough thing to lose an old mate like that. For those people who don't follow the horses that closely, when a stallion retires from work, what does he do? Because obviously they're, they're very testosterone-pumped-up animals. It'd be hard just to go back to living a normal life. Do, do they just roam the paddock? Do they have a sort of a, a program they keep up to, or do they just become nice, grumpy old men? Um, so back in, I think it was back in June, uh, it might have been May, actually. It was just before I got sick. It was about midnight, Mick, and he's got a big wooden gate, and there's this banging going on the gate and it's bucketing down with rain and he is banging on the gate so I get up out of bed go out for him, run to his box I got absolutely drenched opened his gate to the box, his door to the box ran down the lane, opened his gate he charged straight past me, ran straight up the lane and straight into his box 
Um, look, he has been that well cared for. Um, he, he lives outside the office. He, so, he, so you're his boy. You're his servant boy. Oh, <laughs> yes, another another B word. I was thinking. <laughs> oh, look, he is. He was that well looked after. It wasn't that funny, you know. And he used to tease the shit out of Time Test and annoy the hell out of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, he will be missed. He def- he will be missed. But uh, yeah, so it was a sad day. But then. You know, we were sitting down having a drink, and then um, Jimmy Starr comes out and wins a few hours later, and won from a, a position that we didn't think he could win from, and um, so yeah, put a smile on our face, and it, and it really makes you really appreciate this industry, why we do it. You know, it's such an amazing feeling being involved with such an amazing animal. Yeah. Hey, hey, Sammy, I'll be doing a bit of a, just starting to plan a preview show for Caracas yearling sales in 24. How many would you have on the bus coming up to Caracas for the yearling sales? Well, I think we've got 37. 37? Um, yeah, so 37. I think we've actually got a very nice draft. The yearling's actually doing very well. There's a couple of ripping perencantos in the draft. There really is. But, um, yeah, look, I, I'm really... I heard you boys talking about um, the Cracker Millions Night. Um, that that meeting is going to be something, um, something special. It is really the, the the focus of the racing calendar year now for New Zealand, and um, oh, I'm looking so forward to it. You know, back at Ellerslie, I think uh, racing has missed racing at Ellerslie, um, so I can't wait to get back there, and I'm um, looking forward to Cracker this year. Look, I think. You know, the economy and whatnot is going to make it difficult, but I think there's just going to be such a vibe at Caracas this year. It'll be it'll be pretty special. It'll be nice to see you as well, Sam, and, and so many people will be uh, looking forward to reacquainting themselves with you, um, having a conversation that goes on for as long as you keep talking, which is um, one of your absolute talents, like it was to- being Toke's busboy. Uh, appreciate your, your chat this morning, mate. We'll talk again next Saturday. Sam Williams at the Laverdale Stud is a ripper. Yeah. Okay, there you go. After this, it's the Fast Lane. Back soon. The Fast Lane. Okay, let's start off with Sam Spratt, who's heading to Tauranga today for a nice book of rides that has held up okay with the scratchings. Although, Sam, morning to you. The the horse that we really wanted to talk about today has been scratched, and I had an offer on the table for you from one of your biggest fans that you wouldn't have been able to turn down around Augusta. Um, and unfortunately, oh. it's come out of the races, so I don't know even know if, there's, if it's worth telling you what it was. Oh, 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 now it makes sense, I think. I oh, that thing you well, yeah, I'm tricking him. I think I know what you're getting at now, putting it all together. But, yeah, no, it's out. But I picked up actually not a bad one, which I actually reckon it could have almost been a bit better ride, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you're on Cinnamon Girl for uh, Stephen Marsh. So, yeah, Augusta, I mean, there was someone, and it he, he might have even been a, a caddy for who, who has been around the place a, a couple of times, um, over in America was suggesting if you could get it home, he might, you know, give you an all expenses paid. Um, but it's, it's it can't it can't happen now. So get it out of your, get it out of your head. Yeah, I hope that off. Maybe next time it goes around, we can, you know, read a bit of that. Okay. Well, you better tell Pikey that you still want the ride. So Cinnamon Girl in the first, uh, Sam, and and I thought in the third, one of my bits of the day, I was really excited to see Grande Gallo turn back up at the races. So early on in the card, you've got a couple of nice chances. 
Yeah, I have. I've actually got, sort of got quite a few nice chances all throughout the day, really. Um, but as you see, I think, you know, Cinnamon Girl and Grande Valley Girl, they, um, you know, they are definitely good chances. But, you know, and then Marshy's one later on. And, um, yeah, no, I've actually got some quite, quite, you know, decent rides. So, I hope, well, like, that's still track, you know, presuming I'll cop the track, which I um, I think a lot of them will. So, um yeah, no, I think it's hopefully have a not too bad today. Morning, Sammy. Um, I thought finest wine, being a Tavistock mayor, should probably cop the heavy bit of the most, and I thought it wasn't the worst long each way play today. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the track uh, being a bit wetter is going to well and truly, you know, be on its side and bring it in. Um, she's sort of, you know, she's got ability, um, and I mean, if she brings her game, she's, you know, definitely can be right there about. Um, so hopefully... You know, she can put the right foot forward. But, you know, with the track going the way it is, I think that has definitely helped her, that's for sure. Sam, at Tauranga, it's it's a place we don't race at all that often. Uh, a lot of trainers like to tell me it, it tends to be more up and in. I know it's it's heavy today, so it might be slightly different. But is it a track where you'd like to be handy? Because the races seem to be all over with pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it, like it can do, but I think... If it's wet and when you and then you're racing down the outside, it actually can go the other way. So today it could almost favour a few back running um, runners. Uh, but yeah, in general, Tauranga can be quite a front running, especially the first few races. And I think that could almost be a bit today as well. Um, first three races, often when the fence is playing well, it can be quite hard to pull them back. Um, but I think as the day goes on, I think we're going to, it can have quite a sort of a fast strip out wide, and so it can, you know, favour the ones coming back and wide. So that could, um, yeah, that could suit Cindy Falls. I mean, she's a Sacred Falls. We know the Sacred Falls like it heavy, or they can handle it heavy better than most. I thought Cindy Falls again, probably a horse who's improved its chances over the last twenty four hours. Yeah, I thought that was actually a sneaky. That was sort of almost one of my sneaky roughy ones, or I don't know what she's paying, but I thought she'd pay a little bit. Twelve dollars. Um, yeah, and I thought by the end of the day, I actually, um, you know, she was, I definitely thought she'd be one worth a few few dollars at the longer odds for sure. Um, you know, she can go and as you said, wet track won't, um, won't worry her. But no, I thought she, and even Mike Brown, my manager last night, said it actually, you know, goes all right, it's not the worst. So um, yeah, I definitely think that's one at longer odds worth a couple of dollars. Okay, Sam. Well, sounds like you might ride a winner today. Well, you'd be, you'd be. I, I think, I think, I think, you, I think you might, which is pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, the couple of nice ones you might might be able to stick on to. No trip to Augusta this time around, though. Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna like make sure that that you know that office still stands, and I'll get Pikey to set it up in some really weak maiden way. <laughs> well, hey, uh, actually, Sam. <laughs> real weak midfield, I should say. Sammy, talking about trips, are you heading to Rickerton at all for the three days there? I think I'm just going to go down the middle day. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to go down there. I've got GCs going down there for the Coopland. They sort of threw a, I don't know, it was late, but decided to go down there last minute after we won at Pukki. Um, and I've got a few of other go racing ones. But the other days I've opted to start here because I've just had a few horses going round up here. Um, and the Thousand Guineas, sort of my fillies didn't try, um, didn't, you know, run that great. I don't even know if they're going to still go down there. So now I've opted to um, stay up this way. Okay, yeah. good to know. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Good luck today. That's Sam Spratt at Tauranga. Let's go down the line to Robbie Patterson, who will be racing at Trentham. Robbie, wee while between chats. How are you going, mate? Yeah, g'day, lads. How you doing? Yeah, super. And, and nice enough team in for you down the line today. A bit of rain, which 
I guess shouldn't bother some of yours, uh, especially I'm looking here in the Fielding Gold Cup, one bold cat, which I thought was a, a pretty nice bet today. It had a bit of a flashing light on it uh, after its last run, didn't it? Yeah, no, he went super the other day. Uh, he got back and uh, best sectional for the day. And um, no, and he's won five from seven on heavy tracks. So, uh, you know, he's obviously got to be a big chance. And yeah, I've been really happy since the uh, last race. Uh, he's, he's stepped up his work and he's thriving and eating. And uh, yeah, couldn't be happier. He's uh, Robbie, he's starting to step back up to the distance, I think close to his peak at 2100. But he is coming out of a 1600. Is he hard enough for a wet 21 today? Yeah, well, that that is always an issue. Um, we just keep stepping up, but uh, he's a very clean-winded horse, and he, he gets through the ground easy, and he, and he and he relaxes very good. So we've got plenty of work into him, and um, I, I would say he's probably ninety-five percent fit. But uh, I, I think I think his ability will take him a fair way, especially through the ground. Mate, Puntura is going to be awfully hard to beat today, but. He doesn't have. He has some heavy track form, but he's not a heavy track specialist. So, um, what do you make of Puntura today? Because I thought on the last run and the way the race stacks up, he would win if we see the best version of him. Andy cops the track. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll have too many queries with the track. He won at uh, Gold uh, Sunshine Coast a couple of years ago, the same day as the uh, Glass House, and he ran a quicker time on it. And it was quite a heavy track, so. You know, he's got the ability to, uh, to gallop through it. Yeah, he's only got to um, back up from his race the other day. He should have won it. Uh, Lemmy took the wrong option and uh, and he got come unstuck. So if he turns up today, yeah, he's going to be pretty tough to beat, especially with his three kilo claim on him. Uh, Robbie, Time's Up was a, a horse that I've been watching closely and I thought, you know, did get gapped last start, but second up today... Would probably go back from 13, would you? I just thought at an each-way price, time's up wasn't the worst if it had improved enough. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed another day. You know, like he's been nine lengths behind the winner. He's run third. Um, to me, it was disappointing. I thought he should have run better. Uh, I don't know how big his heart is. He could end up in the South Island if he uh, if he doesn't improve. Um, yeah, it's a question mark today. He'll either go really good or really poor, I think. It's one of those one of those days for him, I think. Okay, well, if the trainer's got question marks, I certainly do then. Uh, and in uh, our Jamala as well, uh, with the heavy track now, and I guess a nice weight with a, a senior jockey riding from a good gate, there's lots of positives third up for our Jamala. Yeah, very. Uh, she went a super race the other day at uh, Tarapa, like it was rock hard, um, second up over a mile, and, uh, and she just blew out the last bit. So that's topped her off nicely. Uh, any cut in the ground which we've obviously got, is going to help massively. And, uh, yeah, grills you on with, with uh, lightweight. Yeah, just all positives all around her. All right, mate. You might pick up a winner today? Oh, I'd be disappointed. Very disappointed. I think uh, if one bold cat turns up, I think he's going to be very hard to beat. I think he, he'll end up being a nice weight for H horse in the future. And, yeah, and obviously punch her. Uh, very hard to okay, beat. Mate. But you missed one uh, earlier on, race three, Tanzanite Rose. Um she trolled up super the other day. She'll get back and uh, she'll be flying home at the finish. And, um, so, uh, yes, she'll be hard to beat too, I think. Pretty good little field, that. That's a nice race. Race three at Trentham, Tanzanite Rose. That's Robbie Patterson. Let's go back up the line to Tauranga, where uh, Stephen Marsh has a nice enough team in. And um, as Sam Spratt said, she's picked up one in the first. Cinnamon Girl, third up today, Marshy, for Go Racing. Yeah, she's going nice. Um Struggled for a rider a little bit, but Spratt uh, came off the one. She's going good. Side winkers go on back to 
1,200. Uh, they've got a big rap on the number three. But, yeah, I thought Cinema Girl was not each way. Yeah, it's always good when you, you get a senior jockey, just turn up and you can and put her on. And um, Spratty does a bit of riding for you across the card as well and gets on Mercurial third up today. And this is an interesting wee sprint here, a 1,400. Lots of different form lines to line up. What did you make of the race? Yeah, if he handles the track, which, you know, he's sort of handled a little bit worse, so he should be okay. I, I thought he was a really nice chance. He's, he's drawn good. As long as the rail's still okay, he'll he'll sort of put himself there. There'll be a couple that'll go. Um, the stable mate tight line, probably clever rubs. And he should get a beautiful run, and at the weights, he should be um, he should be pretty hard to beat, I would have thought. Morning, brother. In the third on the cards, you got a couple of debutantes and double vision, or not debutante, the storytellers fresh up again. Uh, I know you wouldn't start them on a wet track unless you thought they would cop it. So what are you expecting from these two? Yeah, the tr- I don't think the track will be too bad. I think it'll play more like a seven. It's pretty hot already. Um, but I really like Double Vision. I think he's a horse that's um, really going places. Obviously, the 12 Grand Galo was a tragedy beaten last time. But I think uh, Double Vision's very good each way. And the storyteller, he's going to be needing all of the 1,400, probably all of a mile and probably wait till he gets to 2,000 metres, but um, as long as he's getting to the line, okay, he'll be right. Mate, you say, tra- sorry, Mick, you say tragedy beaten. I think that that uh, Grand Gallo came out, I think it was behind Toss You For It, wasn't it? Um, for yeah, the, the, so the, yeah, yeah so, base. yeah, right. <laughs> um, so how does, how does Toss You For It go up in grade today? Because obviously Onyera shouldn't be in this race, but is. Um, so it's $1.85, pretty hard to beat, but how's your filly? Yeah, disappointing. Oni here didn't run um, last week. Obviously, uh, a bit of a jockey malfunction, I think, they had. But, um, yeah, she uh, Oni here looks very good. Uh, Toshi for it will, will go well. But, uh, yeah, up against a good one, I think. Marshy, if we asked you for a couple uh, to back today, if we're all going to the pub and then we want to get ready for Melbourne Cup Week, what were the two horses you would tell us? We had to go two odd... I can see really nice chance. I can see sort of place a lot of placings today, but in every race I like one. There's a there's a good one and it looks hard to beat. Um, I'd probably tell you double vision each way. Um, a horse that should be at decent odds actually in race one, Nakaya. I like her to spice up probably the trifecta as the number thirteen. Um, and our Drossen filly, she goes very good. Um, yeah, maybe Mercurial. Probably around them and you'd be right. But I think there's a few in the team worth following to put in your multiples, that's for sure. Mate, you got a strong team for Rickard, Nest Egg and Burn to Shine. Congratulations on last week. Um, yeah, nice like, one, Marshy. Got some nice chances in it next, or over the next two weeks. Yeah, certainly going for the sort of 2000 Guineas in New Zealand Cup. Those two horses look to be really coming right at the right time. And um, GC, horse like GC going down for the um, Coupland's Mile. I think they're all sort of coming right at the right time. Should be peaking for Carnival time. Beautiful stuff. Stephen Marsh, good information as always. Uh, so, same with Sam Spratt and Robbie Patterson. Gee, that's an accomplished fast lane. Love it. Back after this. Early in the morning, while punters are yawning, he delivers mail in his Aston. He delivers mail in a day to be careful today, punters, because we have got heavy tracks and a lot of horses who may not have heavy track form. Uh, on with Robbie Patterson today. 
I think one bold cat should win. Um, Semper Magico is clearly the danger. You can make yourself a book backing both of them, but one bold cat loves a heavy. The little concern is it not being screwed down right for 21 and a heavy, but I think it gets away with it. Um, I think Puntura can win again too, so I like Robbie's team today. Um, the the multi-anchor is the Tauranga, uh, Onera, race two, number four. Bad barrier draw, but I think it'll jump and get outside the leader. That's what it's basically done every start it's had. And I think it'll get a tactical advantage over Kerchallan, who has been trialling well, and kick home. So work around those. Um, also don't mind Stipulator, the filly taking on the older horses. It's not a strong 65 at Trentham. So Stipulator. Stipulator could have its chance. So if you're basing your bets today, and I don't want to go too crazy today, there's lots of racing coming up. Onera in race two at Tauranga, one bold cat in race seven at Trentham. I'll see how the track plays, but probably go each way on Pantura in race five. And Stipulator, and not a strong rating 65, can be a chance at Trentham. So, yep, enjoy your day on the punt. Good luck to you if you're having a play. We'll be back soon. Nine AM. You're listening to the Mail Run. Double eight, double three. Best bets of the day. Light us up. Uh, what are you tipping? Oh, I completely echo Mick's sentiments around one bowl cat. I thought it was a nice bet today. Um, Robbie's team. They go good. He he generally is a trainer. He has his horses fit anyway on the fitter side. So happy to be with him at Trentham. Absolutely. What is your best bet for the day? Alan Sharrick coming up in just a second. Hey, uh, he's got a question. Stuck yet. Can I ask you a question, Louis? Yeah, who's uh, the Melbourne Cup winner? No, no, no. I, I, I saw that months ago. That's got um, <laughs> SENZ Punters Club for Cup Week. So there's, like, I believe, there's a bit of money in the pool. So tell us how it's going to work and how people can get involved. Yeah, so the Cup Week's coming up really soon, right? As in next Saturday, Saturday week, Greg O'Connor me will be stationed at 2000 Guineas Day at Rickerton. Uh, thanks to the good oil, oil. Yes, the good oil oil that you use for cooking are sponsoring our Cup Week coverage with good oil. How good is that? Uh, and we'll be there. We're going to run a punters club through the week. So we're going to be at Rickerton on the Saturday, at Addington on the Tuesday. I'll go back to the Copeland's Mile on the Wednesday. Naturally, I'll probably go to the Greyhounds on the Thursday. We'll go to Show Day at Addington on the Friday. Then we'll be at Rickerton again on the Saturday for New Zealand Cup and Thousand Guineas Day. So whenever we're on air, we're uh, totally up to have a bet. And at the moment, we've, we've probably got about 30k in the pool. I reckon we can end up with about 50. And if you want to get involved, go to tab.co.nz. Hit SENZ Punters Club on the racing tab and you can just tip in, you know, $5, $50, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then tune into the radio, tune into our social media channels and I'll let you know what we're backing. So, and so I'll would also, you look at having like two or three bits a day type thing? Yeah, definitely not heaps. Yeah, cool. We won't be betting in every race like we would on a random Saturday afternoon. And then and then whatever winnings or whatever's left over, that goes back into your TOV account. So it's all automatically taken care of, basically. It's so much easier than when we were running bootleg um, boys get paid punters clubs back in the day. And I know the BGP guys, Luke, have really um, found the TAB system quite helpful. And Mick, do you think just, just, that just you on, might be able to tip that. us a winner? Just on that, um, the boys get paid aren't doing one this year because they had a bumper one last year. 
Yeah, they're not. Um, I think what happened a little bit is it started to cannibalise the the Caracamillion one. It yeah, was just yeah. a little bit close. Yeah. So they they went Everest. They did an Ever- which is why we decided that we there's room here for us to do it. So they've done the Everest one. They'll do the Caracamillion. There's a nice little window for us to here to slot in, and because we're covering the week anyway, it makes sense. Well, well most importantly, and this is crucial. Are you able to bet when you feel like it? Because i tell you what happened. A couple of years ago, we did one, and the fields came out on Wednesday, but we weren't allowed to bet till 1 o'clock on the Tuesday. And horses, I was tipping people at $2, get on, put your life on this, we're thirty-five, And you can't back them. And people said, Mate. well, why don't you still back them? So what we found is that if you, unless you can bet early and get the best odds, because obviously all my tips are out there in every public domain days in advance, I found that there was nothing left to back because all the odds were gone. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could even have a bet now in the futures. But Nick, Nick well, you know, you know and Cam... Do, you know you should do? You should have a bet now. Well, don't tell me on here. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've got, honestly, I've got, I've got one for cut week, which is the cut week lock, and it's just a done deal. Okay. Good horse, actually. That. There's a few done deals going around in Victoria this week. Um, I, I don't think this man trains one. Well, he might have one somewhere in a paddock somewhere. He's got plenty of horses, plenty of land. Alan Sharrick's joining us now across the ditch in Australia because he's got a Melbourne Cup hopeful. And it's pretty exciting times to be able to say that. It's all come to fruition now. How, how are you going? How is Victoria treating you? Uh, just got here. We're just going to a gluten-free bakery, me and Emma, just to get a croissant before we go and get ready for the races. Yeah. Are you celiac? Hey, no. No, I'd rather go to a normal one, but that's all that's open. Okay? Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of, of all the trainers that I think would be going to a gluten-free bakery. I just wouldn't have had you in the top 100. It's the only 100, one but... open, Louis. It's the only one open, so I'll bear it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it um, must be pretty cool, though, to be involved. So today, obviously, we've got the... Uh, the Lexus Archer Stakes, it's Group 3, ladies' man, a wait-for-age Group 1 winner here in New Zealand now. He's across the ditch. I mean, for all intents and purposes, as Mick explained, he's pretty much in the Melbourne Cup, but you're racing him today, then backing him up on Tuesday. And to, to people that don't follow along weekly and, and know the strategies to that stuff, this that might sound a little bit interesting, Alan. So can you just explain the whole setup for us? Oh, a couple of things, mate. He's, he can be a little bit strong in his races. He is a Z. Uh, phenomenally tough horses and I think the run today will just top him off nicely for the cup on Tuesday so I don't see a problem with it and there was a master trainer years ago who used to do it quite often if you follow Bart Cummings he won quite a few cups Louis so um, I don't mm. see it as a problem mate I think it'll actually help my horse. Hey, good morning Al mate um, looking forward to a big week for you and, and all the team involved um, are you going into today's Archer thinking you're in the Melbourne Cup, because I think you are, because it would need a miracle for you not to be in it, or are you going in thinking we still need to win? And you know why I'm asking, because obviously this show is a punting joke. Uh, first option probably, Mick, yeah. But, okay, um, okay, so you would see no, him but... balancing up Alan and hitting the line strong more so than saying to your jockey, we need to win this? Yeah. I think so, mate. But um, in saying that, it's three hundred grand, Mick. Uh, there's only seven runners. Uh, he won't. He won't have to do much in the run. He'll drop back probably in the last two or three. And like you say, it's nearly a six hundred metre straight. So we'll see how strong we are, mate. Would you have 
um, Pid longer work into him in the last couple of weeks? I know he would have had an easy time around the flight than, say, when you probably kept his legs a bit fresher for a 2,000 weight for age last time. Are, are you being uh, more down yeah, now well, in Australia? I, I, I probably, I said to Emma, if they dawdle and sprint home, he'll probably have as good a sprint as any of them because he's come off a 2,000 metre weight for age race. Whereas after today, he'll become slightly more down for the two-mile race Tuesday. So, yeah, that's how I'm sort of feeling going into today, Mick, to be honest. He looks super. He's eaten everything. Licked the bowl last night. He hasn't left an oat since he's been here. And from all accounts I've seen on videos, two uh, gallops have been outstanding at Mornington. So, um, yeah, we're going into it pretty positive. What about Tuesday? Because you're, to a degree, without being dramatic, carrying the hopes of a nation. People would love to see a New Zealand-trained Melbourne Cup winner, but you're the only one who can do it. So are you going there thinking you could actually win this? Or are you going there because you're a very pragmatic person thinking if we finish top 12 and we get our 120 or 140K, we'll be happy. 160, mate. 160. I knew you might know. He's a farmer. (laughs) Are you going there thinking if he gets round safe, we'll be happy? I'm actually thinking I'm better than a rough chance. Depending on today's run. You know, I just think he... At 50 kilos, Mickey's never carried that weight in his life. He will get the two miles. We all know that. He's been unlucky twice at two miles. One, the track conditions uh, shot him down, and the other one, he probably got too far back. And, you know, Grillsy would admit that to you as well. So, um, yeah, he's going to run the two miles out, mate. With 50 kilos on his back, he's probably in it. Right up to his teeth, I would think. Well, it wouldn't be unlike a... a well, it wouldn't be unlike Zed to sire a Melbourne Cup winner as well. So, it's... It's interesting. It, it's going to give us, because I think back to the Melbourne Cups of late, Alan, and we mix right, like not being dramatic, but come Tuesday morning, we will all want a New Zealand horse to be able to scream home. And you're telling us he's probably more than a rough chance. So it's starting to make me feel very excited and even a little bit proud. Who, who's in the ownership group? Talk to, talk to us about this uh, crew of people involved and specifically their history with racing, because I've had a bit of luck. Yeah, well, the O'Leary's, as you well know, had who shot the barman, and we've got Fiona and Humphrey and one of the brothers, um, and we coincided with the Stanleys, who I've had a great run with, and we picked him out at the sales and paid 60 grand for him. I thought he was as a Beal, not a Z. Um, and, and the two parties came together, and me and him stayed in for 10%. So, yeah, we've had a good ride up till now. He's only had 22 starts or whatever, and he's won half a million. So he's a tidy horse. He'll only get better with time, boys. Have um, is it is it like on your, is it something that you've, you know, really excites you having a Melbourne Cup horse? Is it is it like because you've done trying, a lot? I'm, yeah, well, I'm I've been in it forty five years, Louie. I'm trying to play it down, but it's probably quite emotional on the day. It's it's the pinnacle for a lot of trainers, yeah. and you know I'm getting texts from Peter Williams and Jimmy Wallace and fellas I've respected for years, my peers, you know, wishing me luck, which is. A little bit left field because I don't hear from those boys very often until I go to the races. So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation, I feel. Yeah, it is. 
Is it going to be interesting, Al? I'm, I'm not sure if you've been in this situation before, but when you go into the front parade ring at the Melbourne Cup, you can actually palpably feel the energy behind you. There's so many people there, and I'm not making this up, you can feel it. There's a lot of people, and they're all staring in the same direction, and you'll be standing there next to Aidan and Joseph and all those sort of people. Is that something which you're like, wow, this is going to be quite cool? Or being a pragmatic farming boy from the NACA, you're like, oh, well, we'll handle it. I, uh, I'll put it to you this way, Mick. There was a fellow called Greg Rowe. He's a good footballer and uh, came from Whitecher. And uh, they were playing Auckland. And someone walked up to him on the street and they said, do you know you're marking John Kew? And his answer to him was, does he know he's marking Greg Rowe? So <laughs> all I'm saying, boys, we're all people. And it doesn't matter what your title is. You're all out there to do a job, aren't you? But, uh, Mate, oh, great, love, great love answer. Oh, hey, man, let's be honest, mate. You got a horse? We think in the big dance. I'd love to see you win today. So, and I'll make this as simple as possible for you. For our listeners, should they back Ladies Man today? He'll be at his best on Tuesday. Put it that way. You know what I mean? Um, but but it wouldn't surprise me if he got up today either, boys. He's going. Well, good. is. And here's the thing, he's paying $2.10 to run a place in a horse of seven where he's better than at least half the field. So, you know, for today's run. So, I mean, he's definitely an each way way bet in my mind or a place bet for a little bit more on the place. Hey, Alan, it could be a big November for you as well, mate, because the ready-to-runs are coming up. And um, you've, you've <laughs> yeah, I guess something that people probably don't know about you is you actually breed a few horses as well as train them, right? Yeah, I've been lucky, Louie. I've sort of created some Group 1 sort of mares and, and black-type mares, and me and Emma are breeding from them. So we've had a good run with them, yeah. So, Al, I know this is a – I think it's a 50-50 deal or one of those deals where the stud has a mare and you guys go and do it together. But did you – are you actually the official breeder of Lucky Swayness? Because I know you're involved in the dam of Lucky Swayness. Yeah, well, me and Luigi Melo own a half each, and I've got – and a lifetime friend, Paul Dombrowski, I gifted him 10% in the mare, uh, Madonna mare. So we officially read Lucky Swain S, who's been a, a freak to say anything in Hong Kong. And we've got a half-brother going to the Rears and Runs. He's an outstanding cult. He's a really, really nice horse. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping to get a bit of money for him in November. OK, so he'll be going through Woburn Farm. I take it Adrian Stanley's draft. How do you value a horse like him? Because if he breezed well, I, I must have, but I haven't seen his breeze. If he breezed well, clearly there's going to be interest from in Hong Kong. Yeah, there will be. There's a lot of interest in him anyway, Mick. He breezed up in 10.4. He can really gallop. Um, and he's quite a physical specimen by contributor who doesn't do a bad job. Um, and everything the mare, she's sort of a blue hen, I think, the other bowl out of her was the Swainess filly full to Lucky Swainess I trained her here went to Chris Wallers and ran third in the Queensland Oaks so she's left Lucky Swainess her won four and then broke down she's got a Wooten Bassett filly for Luigi so the family's pretty hot at the moment so uh, it augurs well for us put it that way how, mm. how do you value a horse like that? Do, at some stage, do you sit down? Because when you go to the sale, obviously, you need to have a number in your head. Do you say, this is the number? Because if, say, someone offers you 300k and you decide it's worth more than that, then you have to turn down 300k to take it home. So how do you value a yeah. horse like that? Yeah, well, he won't be being sold for 300. I gave the other bugger away for 90, mate. Yes, so I remember. I remember. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I've had a couple of mates we've watched Lucky Swainess and they turn to me and say, you own that, why'd you sell it? Well, at that <laughs> stage, Swainess was a new sire and I liked the horse, but it was about making a dollar, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, this horse will bring considerably more than Lucky Swainess and I won't be letting him go for a fair amount of money, mate. I really like him. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Look, November could be relatively profitable for you, Alan, but I just don't want that to mean that you're going to put the cue in the rack because I love talking to you and I love backing your horses, mate, so you've still got a lot to give. And um, I, I think it's awesome. And you've been a bit of a character for us at SCNZ with your ties with Kempi and stuff as well, so I think a lot of people will feel very happy for you, mate, and that I hope you do get a little bit emotional and you enjoy it because it's, it's bloody cool. So good on you and good on the team and Emma and, and all the best, and we'll probably touch base again before the big race on Tuesday. Thanks, boys. Thank you. There you go. It's a big, de- it's a big deal. Look, it, it used to be a thing where people would occasionally have a chance of going to a Melbourne Cup, and, and quite a few New Zealander trainers have done it. But these days, Louis, 12 of them are probably European-trained horses or straight off the plane from Europe, and they've had their one start before they go to Kieran or Chris. It's so hard to get a horse in the Melbourne Cup now. It's such an incredibly difficult thing to do. That and, and and then to have them there in form, which this horse is going to be, I think it's wonderful. And, and uh, look, th- as someone who's the racing editor for the Herald, the the bosses at the Herald will ask me on Monday, "Oh, are there any New Zealand horses in the race?" And it's it's actually good to be able to say yes, and a, it, and a good story as well. <laughs> it, it just, well no, no different to TV One or TV Three. You know those yeah. big chunky networks or those big platforms, they yeah. want a New Zealand horse, whether it could win or not. Um, and the fact that this isn't an impossible chance of winning, it all helps. So, yeah, I wish them all the best of luck. There's some good people involved with the horse. And, God, if it could finish top eight, that would be a pretty big deal. So, um, yeah, the Taranaki has a very proud record in the Melbourne Cup. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who, who down there who are enormously proud to see another one of their horses almost certainly in it. Of course, a bridge to cross today yet. And, and you know, Mick, like... Alan, you know this, I know this. I think people listening to this show will know this because, as I said, he's been a bit of a character for us. Like, we've spoken to him a lot over the last wee while because he's had good horses. Like, he's a serious person and he's a serious horse trainer. So when he says it's probably more than a rough chance, you do take that seriously. And, yes, you can look at the form and you look at a horse and you said you quipped before you saw the Melbourne Cup winner uh, at Ascot. And I think a lot of people believe that. I certainly do. Vauban looks like he's something from a... Well, what you would des- if you got asked to draw or imagine a Melbourne Cup winner, it kind of looks like Vauban. So I understand that, but I just think that we can really take Alan seriously here with this horse. And yeah, winning is winning, but running, as you say, top eight, top five, well, running top four. Alan's a pragmatist, and he's not a pickle. So he's not over there so he can wear a new suit. He's not rah-rah. No, exactly. So they're taking the horse because they think they've got a chance of finishing top ten, and anything after that's a bonus. And that's why he knows it's 160 grand to finish top 12 because after you, that means you've made money. Let's be honest, if you went to the New Zealand Cup, that's about what he'd get for winning. So, so it's like going to the New Zealand Cup to finish top 12 and, and that, that's that's where it starts. But, but again, the Melbourne Cup's the Melbourne Cup. Getting around safely in one, one piece, most yeah. of the people with these horses, because they're horses you know so well, they love them. So yes, getting around in one piece uh, at a hard two miles is the most important thing. Pretty much anything after that's a bonus. It, it is one of the strangest places I've been, Louis. Look, as you know, I've been to a lot of World Cup finals. I do a lot of MC work for the All Blacks. I've, I've done the Warriors. I've done the cricket. So I'm used to big events. 
but there's no other event I've been to um, where you had the same feeling of energy behind you. Because when you walk into the parade ring at Melbourne Cup, see, when you go to a rugby game, people are facing in two different directions because it's it's in a cylinder. So obviously people are facing each other. And when you're in the middle of the pitch, you don't get that same vibe. When you go to the Melbourne Cup, when you walk out of the of the, the grandstand to the front parade ring, everybody's looking at the same thing. Everybody's looking at about a 30-metre piece of concrete with the horses on it. The first time I did it, I was like, what the hell is that behind me? And I'm not being ethereal, but you can feel the energy because so many people are directly behind you. The grandstand is so big, and you can feel everybody looking at the same thing. And that hubbub, that humming noise, it actually gets into your body because there's, it's so many people there. And I turned around, I was like, holy. And it's a very strange place to be. And you can see here it's quite intimidating for jockeys who haven't done it. Um, obviously for owners, but they don't really matter too much in the scheme of the, how the horse performs. But even for some of the horses. And it's um, it is a truly unique event. And then, unlike a rugby game or a cricket game, it's all over in about three minutes. So there's obviously the race, and there's maybe a 10-minute build-up. But all day at the Melbourne Cup, it's like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and then it's over, and people are like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a very surreal experience going to the Melbourne Cup if you've never been to it before, and if you end up in the middle of it, because everybody's looking at the same thing, and it's very rare you go anywhere in life where 100,000 people are staring at the same thing. Uh, well explained, Mick. It's very exciting and it'll come around Tuesday and we will all be buzzing. Right, okay, a bit of homework here. So loveracing.nz is your home for thoroughbred racing. So when we talk about Cup Week uh, next week, the Grand Tour. So they've got Dave Dobbin playing after the races here at Rickerton, which will be very exciting for a lot of people. Um, tab.co.nz is where you go to get into our punters club. I just had a message from Nick at the tab who is doing a fantastic job supporting us. We've just ticked over 32k, which is great. So I, I hope we are on track and it looks like we are on t- track for that 50k. That would be a, a nice little marker to let us unleash for the week. Um, the track conditions here in New Zealand, well, we've got a couple of heavy tracks. Hopefully, Todong is not that bad. Marsh, she said it was heating up. PGG Rights and Turf is key suppliers to New Zealand racecourses, uh, premium suppliers of turf seed and maintenance products to racecourses right across the country. And it's Derby Day, so we should probably chat about the Derby at some stage. We'll do that after this. You're listening to The Mail Run. It's Louie and Mick. Right, we're 25 minutes past nine. Mick, I just noticed that we'd gone uh, an hour and a half, and this, this is pretty much symptomatic of where we're at with racing. We've got an hour and a half. Um, we've mentioned Golden Eagle, naturally. And we haven't quite got to the Derby. And I just wonder, is it because we don't have a real New Zealand connection? Usually we have pl- like four or five Kiwi breads in the race, but it's a bit of a funny one this year. Yeah, honestly, all week's been the story. All week it's been, it's Derby at Flemington all week. When I bump into people, they've asked me about Legato. I've barely had a conversation with any punter, and I know a lot of punters, about Derby Day. Mm. People care, of course they care The Cornwall will be fantastic Shinzo, one of the favourites there Is part owned by Sir Peter Valor And the Colt Syndicate for Cornwall It's a great race, it's a cool day But uh, The McKinnon being taken off Derby Days Really changed things Next Saturday, which was always a dull day at the carnival Is now enormous And something had to give And this Saturday, Derby Day used to be called It was a cliche the biggest racing day of the year, the best day of the year. It's just not. It's not even on no. the top, not even on the top five anymore. Because you got, well, it's not. Well, it's not. And I, I, I don't say those things with any emotion. I, I couldn't give a toss where the races are held. But it's not as patch on the Everest. It's not a patch on next Saturday, 
when there's open class horses. People gravitate towards open class horses. They don't gravitate towards yes. young horses. They never have yes. because there's Stop no backstory. Out. And the Everest, the championships, uh, this meeting, they just get more interest from the public. People will go there today. They'll dress in black and white. They'll punt their ears off. They'll have a great time. But there'll be very few memorable things to happen today because if I said to people, what's the best horse racing at Flemington today? What is it? Uh, well, probably maybe either Chinza or Cylinder, I guess. I mean, on, potentially, but on record. I mean, Exactly. And here's the question for you. Would you get in your car and drive to Pukekohe to watch Shinzo race. No, you wouldn't. But you would for oh, Legato or Sunline or whatever else. Because And you would for Imperatrice. But those horses uh, are all racing next week now. They're not racing today. So this racing's full of cliches and Derby Day being one of the great days. It used to be. I've been to 10 of them. It's just not as big a day as it used to be anymore. And for most New Zealanders, Legato is the story of the day today. Yep. Don't disagree, actually. Um... Race six is the Coolmore Stud Stakes as we bring in Thad Taylor from the TAB. Thad, good of you to join us. Uh, I say Cylinder or Shinzo because they're the up-and-comers and and they're the the young colts and one of them wants to win today to kind of solidify themselves as a standout colt that will end up at stud. And the money for Uncle Chris Waller is right on, isn't it? Yeah, happy Golden Eagle Day, boys. Uh, Yes, Cylinder and Shinzo. Uh, certainly the way they're going, they got the Everest form, uh, and Shinzo was out around $7, but we've lost the party and King's Gambit out of the race, so some small deductions in the market, not that you'll get any deductions with the New Zealand TAB, of course, uh, and that applies for all domestic racing today on a heavy 8 and 9, but look, Shinzo has been the mover, there's no doubt, Cylinder's held its price, so look, he's a bit unlucky in the Everest, Shinzo, uh, could make a bit of a case, and he had no luck first up, got a mile out of his ground and, and made, made ground from the back on a day they couldn't, so... Today's the day, D-Day, Coolmore, plenty of big interests involved, and if we could pull off a, a Coolmore, uh, sorry, yeah, if we could pull off a Coolmore stud state group one, uh, his value will shoot through the roof. What about, what? What about uh, Legato's race? Obviously, yes. it's $10 million. Has there been much interest in it? Because, Thad, it's, it's one of the toughest punting races I've seen in years. Yeah, it's wide open, isn't it? I mean, the, the question marks are... Uh, over Amelia's jewel remain, and uh, she has been quite well backed into 380, so I think this is her sort of her level. Don't know whether she would have held up on a clock plate and what, what we've seen so far, but they've attacked the Golden Eagle, and I think rightfully so. So D-Day for her, but in terms of uh, you know whether you could back her with any confidence, well, I'm not sure. So Hawaii 5-0 comes out of that Everest, uh, extremely well backed for 50, holding solid, and then there's a stack of them. I mean, Kovalaika for Chris Waller, will get uh, out of its ground but be getting home strongly from barrier 15 but you could make a case for a dozen horses well, I think Legato's in it up to her eyeballs here boys uh, I know the Aussies don't really rate her she's out there around 758 dollars and 750 with us uh, oh gee she's drawn barrier 5 it just all sets up perfectly for over 1500 metres oh, I reckon she's a great bet today in a, in a, in a tough race Thad, around New Zealand today, obviously, there's been a bunch of scratchings. Um, Oni Russ seems to be a horse that they have backed early. Has there been strong money for anything else from sources you would need to fear? Oh, look, um, the Tiakau runner, uh, Churchillian, is it, uh, first up? I want to say Kukulin because he was a good jumper, but uh, Churchillian uh, has been uh, well backed against uh, Oni Russ, so they look like a dead set Cornella. There's a couple of... Uh, Runners their back first starters December in race number one at Tauranga. Plenty of action here. The trial was impressive. The last latest trial 
for December, so that's stepped in there uh, in no uncertain terms. Uh, and the weapon as well, another first starter for the O'Sullivan team, race number four, uh, has seen plenty of action. So that'd be two I would be keeping an eye on. And the BGP blessed boosted bet is down at Trentham at Cooper. Uh, boy, oh boy, they'll be pleased uh, they got on at $4 because it's $2.40 now in final field. I uh, think the fancy light lass coming out. Uh, just seeing what the BGB blessed bet price is now, two seventy, but most on at that $4 mark. So uh, Cooper looking to go back-to-back in its first two starts. Uh, so those are probably the three that have been best backed across both cards. Nice stuff there. Good to chat, mate. And our punters club for Cup Week has just got over the 32K, Nick said. So we're rolling well. Hopefully we can get to about 50 and we can um, have a nice fair, even contest. And I'd love to know what the market would say who's going to win, actually. Um, oh, coin toss, coin toss, Louis. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Uh, you boys will be dangerous, I know that. And uh, let, yeah, let's hopefully we can rank it, ramp it up over the last week and get a decent pot for you guys and all your listeners to have a bit of a play with. So then get onto the app there, uh, sorry, the CAB website, all the app, SCNZ Pundit Club on the left hand side racing link. Click into that and get involved. And it's also up the top there, across the top. So you can't miss the SCNZ Pundit Club. Plenty of boosted odds today, boys. Cylinders boosted. Uh, Cooper's boosted as we know Brando's boosted as well so um, yeah look out for all those boosted odds power plays uh, and the like the boys have been busy as always Mate and if you don't get me back on your leg up podcast I'm going to start petitioning <laughs> Pip and Leith to get on the form I'm going to pretty much just starting to, I'm just going to uh, well, I was, form, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, well you know look yeah, I, I don't want to have to I don't want no, to have okay. to, Thad, but you can't back me into a corner. I'm that desperate to get airtime. Um, I just <laughs> love the sound of my voice that much that I will do anything. I nearly wrestled the mic off, headset off Matt Cross in the Addington commentary booth last night. That's how desperate I am to pump up this punters club. So don't uh, test me, mate. You've got a small thing- stand down. Small stand down, Louis, and we'll, we'll review it in a couple of weeks. How's that? Okay. All right. That's uh, TAB. We need to go because on the other side, King Kelso talking Golden Eagle. This is the mail run. Johnny says, are you guys forgetting a tissue in the Empire Rose? Well, funnily enough, Johnny, I'm not forgetting her, and she's actually a massive chance, Mick, if you had a look at that race, because you've got the two uh, high-price imports, and, and yeah, alcohol-free ran a nice race, but the reality is she's been a, a, a well a shadow of the horse she was in the, the north, and Princess Grace, she had a long prep, and uh, would not shock me to see a tissue win that race or go very close today. Yeah, I, I hadn't actually discussed the race um, what, what I do find, and just a clarification for this, because I got attacked by go racing about this this year, and I mean proper viciously. Uh, I wrote a story once saying that no New Zealand horse had won a race somewhere. It didn't really matter what it was uh, on that day, and they said, "What about a tissue?" But for for what I do for a job, I don't class New Zealand owned horses as New Zealand horses when I'm talking, because otherwise, I don't know who owns all the horses. So if every time I mentioned, when I talk about a New Zealand horse, I mean a New Zealand trained horse. You could stretch that if you really want to stretch it to I wish I win. You could say I wish I win was a New Zealand horse in the Everest, even though it's trained in Australia. But yeah, I I don't class New Zealand owned horses as New Zealand horses most of the time. I I mean New Zealand trained horses because otherwise there could be a winner today at Ipswich and someone would ring me tomorrow and say my Mate, Bob's from Taranaki and he owns that. So, yeah, when I talk about New Zealand horses, I talk about New Zealand trained horses or unless recently changed stable horses. That's about as far as I'll extend that, just to clarify for people, because once in a while you do get that raised with you. But we can't talk about every horse who's part owned in New Zealand as a New Zealand horse. The good news is there's absolutely no question mark over Legato. 
uh, trained by, of course, Ken and Bev Kelso and uh, owned by Philip Brown and his, his wonderful crew who ha- they have had a staggering amount of success and Ken's been good enough to take the call. I know you'll be busy this morning, Ken. There's be a bit of interest in your mare, wouldn't there? Um, yeah, we've had sort of media around this morning. Uh, Ellie Mosley's been here and uh, had a look at her and uh, had a chat. So, yeah, no, it's a bit of interest. So you've done the uh, you've done the Melbourne thing a couple of times. Um, Le- Levante obviously performed really well there, and then you, you won the Australian Guineas, which was just it's got to be one of the highlights of New Zealand racing uh, this century. I really mean that. Now you're up in Sydney. What what differences have you noticed? Is there a different sort of buzz? Is it the same sort? Oh, same sort of buzz. Yeah, I think there's quite a well, no, there's a little bit. Buzz with this race, I suppose, because we have ten million. But uh, yeah, uh, media are quite um, intense over in Australia. It's uh, so many different people, and uh, yeah, it's uh, all part of it, I suppose. Good morning to you, Ken. Um, hoping for the best for you today. For somebody who spends as much time with the horse as you spend with Legato, has she woken up a happy horse today who's walking around like she's nice and supple and feeling good about life? Yeah, no, very happy, Mick. She's uh, done a treat since she's been here. She's eaten everything. She's drunk good. She's uh, bright as a button. She looks fantastic in the coat. Um, couldn't be happier. She's bouncing around. So uh, it's up to her now, mate. Have you had a chance to talk to your jockey, Mick D, about what your ideal scenarios would be, or is that his job? No, I haven't had a chance. Spoken to him yet. I obviously he's probably flying down from Melbourne this morning, but we'll have a chat before the race. But uh, he, would have, he would have done his form and uh, uh, sort of leave a lot of it up to him to the form. And um, but we'll definitely have a bit of a chat where we think we want to be. But uh, yeah, it's a big field. I believe there's maybe another one coming out this morning. I've heard the rumours. So um, takes it down to. Uh, 17, so which is a bit better, but um, no, we'll just have a bit of a chat before the race, and um, I'm sure he would have done his homework. We've seen her can do remarkable things in a straight line. She's probably a horse who is still learning. Does does Rose Hill concern you at all? I mean, would it be more fun for you if this was at Flemington because she's so explosive? Once she gets into the straight, whereas some of these horses up against the rail today, I presume Ken are going to be trying to get away on you on the bend. So does that does that slight tightness of Rose Hill concern you as for at the optimum, seeing her absolute best? Oh, you know, we can't change things We're at Rose Hill. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been lovely if it was Flemington where she's won before. But, oh, it's, uh, they can get, they can do other be pace on in the race and I'm sure that you know she can get a drag into the race and um, uh, you can still make ground from back so uh, yeah no it'll be interesting but we can't change six mickets at Rose Hill so um, it's Michael's job to uh, give, give her the most uh, economical run he can and hopefully she's finding the line. Mate we're looking forward to seeing her so much Ken just past this race, and I know you can't make any immediate decisions, but I'm sure you've also heard that 
The Westbury Classic has now gone to half a million on Karaka Million Night, and I know you have mentioned on shows before that you would see potentially Legato, if she's well, being aimed at the million-dollar four-year-old race. But it's a mile, and there may not be a lot of lead-up opportunities. Is the Westbury going to 500,000? Does that give a horse like Legato a secondary option for that night? Well, I suppose it does, but I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves at this stage. We're going to get through today first, and then she'll go home and have a bit of a break, and uh, then we'll assess things where we go. But, uh, you know, the crack of the four-year-old race is a million, so it's double the stake. So uh, that would be the ideal race to go to. So, uh, no, we'll get through today, Mick. I don't make uh, plans that far ahead. Uh, we'll worry about today first, mate. Mm. Ken, it's exciting. We love following her. Um, it's a very, very rich race, as you suggested at the start of the chat. Well, you, Louis, if she, it's, if it's she, the richest race a New Zealand horse has ever run. In. <laughs> it's, a, it's, an well, incredible, can, it's an incredible stat when you think about it. The richest it race is, a New Zealand horse has ever been trained to run. That is quite. It's actually hard to get your head around. I mean, the the amount of money on offer, Ken. So, I mean, dear, you know, she runs well, and we think she probably will go pretty close. Do you upgrade to premium economy on the way home, you and Bev? <laughs> no, unfortunately, Bev couldn't make it. She's okay. not very well at the moment. So, uh, no, um, we're due to fly home first thing in the morning, the horses as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit mind-blowing, the money, but uh, you're trying to make me more nervous than I am, aren't you? No, no, that's not. I would. Your part's done, kid. Your part's done. You don't have to ride the horse, so you're no, fine. No, thank, thank God for the horse. Hey, so you tell me, Ken, if things went really well today, if everything went really well, you're flying home in the morning. Are you the sort of guy who might pop out and have a couple of wines afterwards? How would Ken Kelso? How did you celebrate the Caulfield Guineas? Or sorry, the Australian Guineas. Oh, we went out with the owners, Bev, um, the CEO that, that was there, and uh, we went out into the city with uh, with the owners and had a dinner. Yeah, that's, that's about what we did, but had a nice dinner in the city and uh, a few drinks, but uh, yeah, getting up an old for those sort of things, Michael. So, so am I, Kim, but it's not going to stop me. In fact, I'll, no, even, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. even, I'll even go have you're a drink like if you win tonight. Say, like, don't it, like yeah, me, uh, and, and you don't want to try and keep up with them either, King. Hey, all the best, mate. We got to keep moving. So do you. But um, yeah, we're thanks, really proud bro. of you and your you. your mare. Okay, there you go, King Kelso over at Rose Hill. And we're going to go straight to Ray Hickson, who's just he, he just listened to the back end of that chat there. And Ray, you will be so excited to have Legado lining up in this wonderful race today on behalf of Racing New South Wales. I mean, what a race it is! It's a fantastic race. I'll be even more excited if she's uh, first past the posts. Uh, given I, I think she can win the race. Um, she'll be the horse I'm tipping on top in it. Um, you've spoken to Ken probably a little bit more than I have. Did he sound confident? He is a cagey veteran, would you say, Michael? But he And he's always so animal-first driven. But I, I, I think I, Ken I, knows that he's got a pretty special mare. I, I think he'd be more confident yeah. on a bigger track. I, I think like a lot of trainers like, like Waller with Kovalika, they're going there thinking if this was on a bigger track, we would yeah. have a really decent crack at this, but Rose Hill can be very tough if you get back. So, But that's Mickey D's job, and Mickey would have thought about it a lot. I think, um, Ray, to answer your question, I think he's got a happy horse, and he's happy with the horse, and I think he realises that that's all we can hope for at this stage. Look, I mean, if she can if she can find herself in a position that where she's got 
probably not too many more horses behind her than she has in front of her, she's going to be awfully hard to hold out. Um, obviously, every horse is going to need some luck. You've got 18 horses around the 1,500 metres at Rose Hill. It's, a, it's the fairest starting point at Rose Hill, uh, given it's got that long 500-metre run or so to the first turn. So Michael Deed's going to have plenty of time to, to find that spot. Um, you know, as we've seen in, in a couple of the previous runs, uh, runnings of this race, you know, you can ambush them late. They've been tight finishes every year. And um, this year's probably, I dare say it, a, a step up in, in, quali- in depth uh, than what we've had previously, which is, which is outstanding. You know, we've got the best four-year-old in New Zealand there. We've got a Japanese horse. We've got a few imports from Europe. Uh, the, the superstar from Perth, Chris Waller's got some, some great horses in the race. It's, it's a fantastic race, and um, well, it's a really hard one to work out as, as with all those form lines coming together. What it, about the rest it, of the card, Ray? Um, can you tip us a winner? Because it seems a long way away, 6.45 or 4.45 your yeah, time. Yeah, can yeah. you tip us a winner? A couple, a couple that I like. I, I reckon we can go close in the first race uh, in the Tab Highway with Tribeca Star number six. I remember talking to Matthew Dunn before this horse had its first up run at the Sunshine Coast, and he was glowing about this horse. It should have won the race. Go, go back and have a look at it. Um, ran second. And then it, I don't know what happened to it at Ipswich in a six-horse field. It blew the start. It was kind of always chasing. But I reckon this highway has been a target race for it. Uh, he's found Nashville Willow, who rides a lot of his horses when, when he brings them down for these highways. And one or two of the major dangers have been scratched. So I think prime opportunity for Tribeca Star in race one. And my best on the day at Rose Hill comes up in race five. It's number five overriding, trained by Nathan Doyle. She came out of that race at Ramwick a couple of weeks ago that was won by Kazoo beating Commemorative. And she stepped away a little bit slower than usual in that race and found herself in an awkward position. And I think she did well to run third. I think this race is falling into a lap with a couple of important scratchings. So I'm pretty confident race five, number five, can get the job done for us. Beautiful, eh? Well, I'm sure we'll chat later on as well. And appreciate your time, as always. Uh, just chatting no a little bit of gold, Golden Eagle there with King Kelso and Ray Hickson. Racing New South Wales, the Everest Carnival. I mean, it's just a magnificent beast, and it has changed the narrative and changed the focus for this time of year, which is quite an incredible thing when you put it all in perspective. The richest horse race any New Zealand horse has lined up in today, the Golden Eagle Legato. I mean, it's just staggering. We're 11 away from 10. I'll finish with your text messages and wrap the oil up after this. Louis Herman, what's the oil? Oh, okay. A couple of your text messages here. Rose Hill Race 9, no compromise. Big drop in grade and over the odds. Okay, Jack can train. Uh, Best bet, Steve-O. Todonga race seven pizzazz. Wellington race three Prioress. Um, Cam from Cambridge is going Westerner. <laughs> Ascot race two. Malka Pindara. Easy money. Jeez, that's loose for 9 a.m. New Zealand time, Cam, but I kind of respect it. Uh, full for Cindy at Rose Hill and open your heart at Flemington. Um, Blocker's best bet multi. Amelia's jewel onto Gold Trip Melbourne Cup boosted $6. I couldn't have either of them. I mean, I guess the thing for Gold Trip Mick is it gets James McDonald, which is just, you know, you yeah. can't really overemphasise that. Both wonderful horses, but I, yeah, Gold Trip carrying top weight in the Melbourne Cup's just a killer. I just, it, I, I just don't want to back any top weight in any two mile race ever. Uh, history says that it's not a good recipe. Uh, I'm all around one bold cat today. 
And I, I really do, as long as she can cop the track. But I think she can. She's raced on a heavy before and ran a, a reputable fifth. Uh, in race three at Tauranga, Lance O'Sullivan and Andrew Scott have an absolute, um, a cert- had a certainty beat last start, Grande Gallo. And I think that with Sam Spreadable today, it'll be too good for them. The other one I'm, I'm happy to play on an each-way basis uh, is in race number six, Outback Opal. I think it's a pretty good horse, resuming. Hey, this. Um, uh, Mick. Cup Day's Tuesday. Are you guys going to have a fair bit of stuff on your normal show, your sports show leading into the Cup, I presume? Well, we'll have a shortened show, I imagine, because, well, maybe we, yeah, probably need to work that one out. But yes, <laughs> yes, maybe, absolutely. Maybe you should. But we're broadcasting live from the stables. Oh, cool. Like in the stables at Addington. No, no, Dickie, to me, this Tuesday, the Melbourne Cup. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. Of course. Have so now we got some race that stops two nations, been, for goodness sake. drinking? Have you been drinking? Oh, I, I have, actually. Okay, cool. Nobody breath tests me. I'll, I'll oh, pop, last I'll, night, I'll pop I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a good day. Good luck on the pun. We'll be back for the good oil one.